boo. Welcome to the first episode of the Samuel Reyes Podcast. I am Samuel Reyes, and I am here to tell you about what I have been working on for the past few days. So I know that sounded like a little bit of a silly intro, but uh, truth be told, I have been spending like the last two and a half months working nonstop trying to start a business of my own. And one of the things that I was challenged to do was to do a podcast uh, for the next 365 days uh, with Sundays off. So I'm looking at 365 days totals, about 14-ish months. So I'm opening with that because I want to be honest that that's one of the key factors that has led me to start a podcast. But I've also kind of always wanted to start one, but I've been nervous to do so because I've always been... I I had the thoughts, like, what is it I actually have to share with people that they'll find interesting? But I have a story about myself. And so if I'm to share anything today, I want to give you some context about who I am and what it is I'm trying to accomplish. Uh, One one of the goals of the podcast is to help find my voice. I I want to find my voice. I want to know how I can communicate with others. And so the reason this is so important to me is because I have spent the last 20 years trying to overcome social anxiety. When I was um, about 12, I I developed a really bad case of social anxiety, and I'm still not entirely sure what caused it or what triggered it, but I knew that I went from being able to at least kind of talk to people to being so shut down that I couldn't really talk to anyone, and just the thought of it gave me the worst anxiety, and it just, it started to get progressively worse, but by the time I was 14, I was getting really frustrated with having social anxiety and at that point I started trying to fight against it. I wasn't exactly sure how or what I was doing and so I just, I I did what any 14 year old uh, kid would do. He looks at what he knows, uh, looks at what he thinks he should be doing and tries to do that. And that, that was my that was my battle strategy for facing social anxiety. Uh, I got myself a clipboard and started doing a lot of drawing, just kind of drawing everywhere. I, I used it as an opportunity to talk to people because I, I, I wasn't a great artist, but I was a decent artist. And so people would often stop and ask me what I was drawing. And that conversation usually went something like, I uh, don't really know. And they're like, you're drawing something without knowing? It's like, yeah, I just kind of like to see where it goes. And (laughs) that that conversation still happens today, in fact. But um, a lot of the time, those conversations would end there. Uh, Thankfully, today, I can usually carry them a little further. And thankfully, I'm also a much, much, much better artist these days. But from 14 to 24, I spent a lot of my time just kind of experimenting and trying to figure out exactly how do I fight having social anxiety. And I developed a really bad case of depression that would last me for pretty much the next decade uh, about that time as well because I was so distressed 
from having social anxiety that it was all I could think about is how things were going wrong, how I couldn't communicate with other people, how badly I was struggling. And that was my life from 14 to 24. And I, I, I remember the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I went on a, a mission. And I, I made it for about 13 months. But one of the things that I struggle with as well is insomnia. It's like I can stay up for really long periods of time without a drop of caffeine. Like most of the people I know who are insomniacs also drink like they, they love Coca-Cola and other things, Mountain Dew. And so they've usually got caffeine in their system uh, that helps them stay awake or prevents them from sleeping. I, I can stay awake without any caffeine or any sugar. Uh, it's just, I, I've always been this way. I came home from college once, uh, I think it was for Christmas, and it was 36 hours from the time that I left to go to the airport in Idaho, uh, to, left college in Idaho, to, went to the Salt Lake Airport, and got home in Texas, and from, I had like a 10-hour layover at the airport, and by the time that I had finally got to go to bed, the following day, 36 hours had passed, and I, I've done longer than that, um, and stayed, for the most part, pretty coherent. Uh, these days, I've got a wife and four children, and <laughs> four children make it a lot harder to be um, mentally sound when you're that tired, especially when you've got four boys and they're all very energetic. Um, back, back to the topic of social anxiety. So uh, I had these things that I was struggling with. The insomnia made it so I was only out three months instead of, or sorry, 13 months instead of 24. And that, that made me feel bad. So that contributed to my depression. And when I was 24, I finally had this thought. Like, I, I remember I was laying on my bed in my college apartment wondering like why am I doing so horrible in my classes why can't I talk to anyone why can't I make friends aside from my roommates and I felt like well I kind of lucked out because they're my roommates I have to interact with them because I live with them and thankfully they were all easy to get along with but like that's about where getting to know people was ending it started and ended there and I got this just just this, this distinct impression and to this day I I I, f I know God was just putting a little thought in my mind and it was simply when you are ready to choose to do the things you know you should be doing that is when you will overcome this and it was it was painful like uh, on one hand yes it was enlightening and it was even empowering because it made me really understand that my life was in my own hands but it was also extremely painful because I had to accept in a lot of ways that while I didn't choose to have social anxiety and I didn't choose to have depression there were things that I did do that contributed to me being where I was it's like I knew that I needed to make a greater effort to talk to people I knew that I needed to make an effort to go do things with people but because of my anxiety and my depression, the thought of doing so was overwhelming, and so I would choose not to do it. But 
I knew that I, in a lot of cases I should have said yes. And I would beat up on myself mentally like, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you say yes? You really did want to go. And the reason I didn't is because I, I was worried about making a fool of myself or I was worried that people would see all the things that were wrong with me or they'd just think like, why did we invite this guy? And it kept me from saying yes or from trying to do other things like asking girls on dates and things like that. And eventually it's like, you know, you're not going to get anywhere if you just keep letting this thing tell you what to do. And so I started treating, not really sure how to describe it, started treating my anxiety and depression as if they were an entity inside of me. And by an entity, I don't mean like possessed by some demon or anything like that. Just like maybe there was two parts of me, the part I wanted to be and the part I didn't want to be. And I simply had, simply, easier said than done, but I had to learn how to tell the part of myself that I didn't want to be, that is not how we're going to do things. And letting the part of me that I did want to be start taking the reins a little more. And it was hard. It was really difficult. But when I forced myself to do the things that I didn't want to do because I knew they were good for me, when I forced myself to say, yes, I would like to come have lunch, or when I forced myself to ask a girl out even though I knew she was probably going to tell me no, and for a while they did, it it made it at first a little harder to do the next time because I didn't want to be disappointed again, but at some point it started having a positive effect. It's like, well, I'm getting used to being told no. I'm getting used to these situations going a certain way. So because I'm getting comfortable with this, I can do something about it. It, it, it start, I started being less afraid to try to say different things or to try to give compliments and it started getting easier. In fact, one of the challenges I set for myself was to try to compliment someone every day. And, and like not, not a romantic compliment to a girl, like a flirty thing or anything like that, a genuine compliment to at least one person every day because of something they did that I felt was compliment worthy. Uh, sometimes it was a comment like, hey, that's a really nice dress you're wearing today if a girl was wearing one and I thought she, she looked nice. Other times it could be that like a guy in my class, he, he did a really good uh, job on his art homework. Uh, I, I was an art major. And so I'd be like, I think that turned out really well and I think you did a great job with it. Just some kind of genuine compliment. And as I did that, the compliments got easier to give. But I also discovered that because I was developing this ability to show an interest in other people, that... <clears throat> they realized I was trying to get to know them and they started making a more sincere effort to get to know me as well. It was this cycle that just kind of went back and forth. It's like as I made an effort to be interested in other people, they just kind of had an interest, in, almost naturally more inclined to have an interest in me. And I had this realization that as long as I was focused on myself, 
that I would never be able to overcome the things that were bothering me. You see, social anxiety, at least for me, and I, I feel like for a lot of people, it's all about how is this going to affect me? How is this going to make me look? How, how am I going to feel after this? But that, that, that's exactly the problem. When, when you're so focused on yourself that all you can think about is how this is going to make you look or how this is going to make you feel, you completely miss out on opportunities to get to know people, but also to make them feel good by talking about what are they interested in? What are the things that make them happy? See, that that's the real power of conversation. And that's the key to overcoming social anxiety. It's by focusing on the other person and not making everything about them, but just giving them an opportunity to tell you who they are and to allow yourself to develop genuine interest in them as a person. For me, that, that that's that's really what did it. It didn't make it so that I overcame the social anxiety all at once, but it did help me start coming out of depression because I was developing a skill set, this ability to interact with other people in a way that was genuine and meaningful. And as I got better at that, the social anxiety started diminishing. Now, the problem with something like social anxiety is for a lot of people, it doesn't really ever completely go away. I still have it. But what I have accomplished is that part of myself that says, hey, this is really what's going to make us happy and this is the direction we really want to go in, has gotten really, really good at telling the part of myself that like, is like, hey, we really don't want to do this because you know that's going to be hard for us. That, that part that supports the social anxiety, the part of me that does not support it and supports being happy has gotten really good at telling the other part of me, hey, we're not doing that. And it almost feels like the part of the negative part of me, the anxious part of me has gotten complacent, sort of, in that it's going to be told no, so it's not even trying as hard as it used to. And I've had a lot of success because I have been able to figure out how to put other people before me. And really the only thing you have to do to put other people before you is to spend time with them and to ask them questions about who they are. Now, you might be like, is that really it? That That's really it in the context of where do I start overcoming social anxiety? Because it starts developing this mindset of putting other people before you. So, and I, I don't mean like putting them in a, before you in a way that causes them to take advantage of you. I mean putting them before you in a way that allows them to see that you are genuinely interested in them as a person because a lot of these people they're going to know you have social anxiety but they also are going to see that you know this person has social anxiety i i know this isn't easy for them but they're here talking to me they're making an effort they're trying and that is going to mean something to them and that, that they're going to care about that and it's also going to give you confidence in yourself as you see, hey, I really can do this. So that's kind of where I've come from. And those are the things that I learned. I'm not just regurgitating things because I'm trying to help you be like, this is what you need to do. I'm trying to tell you, these are the things that I did that worked for me. And I was able to start going on dates 
and eventually I found a girl who I was able to have a successful relationship and we've been happily married for seven and a half years. Uh, I took the <laughs> poor communication examples I've seen over the course of my life in other people's relationships. I took note of what they weren't doing and I did the opposite. In fact, my wife and I have never had a fight in the whole time we've been married. And the reason for that is because we have made a conscious effort to be able to communicate openly about absolutely anything. And I, I, I mean anything. We talk about everything. And that open communication line. Like The reason people fight is because they hold things in. They don't talk about things. And then things reach a boiling point. And then one person says something to another that can't be taken back. And then the other person gets defensive and responds. And the next thing you know, both people are heated because things have been said. But when you communicate, and you learn how to communicate in things in a way where you don't have to yell at each other, it really helps. And I mean, I do get angry with my wife from time to time. But I also know that if I say something in the moment, it's only going to make things worse. So I have developed a point where I'll be like, I'm feeling angry about what we're talking about. And I would like to talk about it later, but I'm going to take a few moment, uh, take a few minutes or take a little while to cool down. And then I'd like to talk about this uh, in a way that is constructive rather than destructive and it, it has made a huge difference in our relationship so social anxiety is not the end it's not meant to be the end of your life or not to be the end of your social life it is something that can be overcome and i say that because i have done it you may not be able to extinguish it like overcome it to such an extent it's never there anymore but you don't need to you just need to beat it to the point where you can have the life that you want, where you can accomplish goals that you set for yourself. That is how you truly beat social anxiety. That's, that is ultimately all you really need to do to successfully overcome it, is to not let it stop you from getting where you're trying to go and figure out how to work through it in a way that lets you do that. So. Thanks for listening to the first episode of my podcast and my story. And I look forward to telling you more about my story in the future and other things that I've been through and sharing advice about how I think other people get through it. I also love to solve puzzles and I love martial arts. And so I'll probably talk about some of these other things that are important to me over the course of this podcast as well. Uh, thanks for listening.